Hi there, this is James Crest. I would try to talk about trucking a little bit, different things that trucking has done for my life and, and some of the ins and outs and things of, of that nature. A uh, little backstory of how I got to where I am today with trucking and, and whatnot. I guess it was it was 2000. No, it was 99 when I met my wife, and uh, her her family was in trucking, been in trucking for years. Um, I started when I started dating her. Not long after, I started working her for her for her father, my my father-in-law, um, working on trucks. Learning ins and outs about trucks. I already had a job working on cars prior, you know, when I went to work for for my father-in-law to work on trucks. So I already had mechanical skills. Growed up around mechanics. My dad was a mechanic um, up till he passed away. Um, so I already knew, you know, a bunch going in. So anyhow, I started working on trucks. Start learning how to drive trucks. Um, Raid with my brother-in-law and my father-in-law. Um, back into the North Carolina, Louisiana, a few times, uh, and around around the house where we live in Florida, uh, Georgia. You know that that neighborhood. You know, learning how to drive. Drove with them. Uh, Finally got my, my learners and drove drove even more at that point and um, and then see in two thousand and one July two thousand and one I got my CDL and I went full time driving truck. And uh been pretty eventful, you know, for the most part. Been excited and I've enjoyed enjoyed most all my trucking career. I mean, there's been hard times and and whatnot, as as, as in any profession, I guess you would say. Um, so so I started driving. I drove at the time. I drove an '88 T600 Kenworth. Had a 350 Big Cam Cummins in it. Had what they called a turned around nine speed. So if anybody doesn't know what the turned around nine speed is, usually nine ninth gear is away from the dash. Well, in a turned around nine speed, the ninth gear is against the dash. And what they do is they take the gears in there and they turn them around and do some different things in the transmission and make high gear higher. So make basically make it an overdrive. The way they do it, it puts ninth gear against the dash, and uh, had 373 rears in it, 2011 R245s. You know, not a powerhouse. It was only 350 horse Cummins. It, and yeah, it could have been a powerhouse. You know, with with some work and some money. I mean, we we had to pump. When I started driving, we had the motor rebuilt in that truck, and it was always a dog. It, you couldn't run 
with a bad trailer, you were doing good to get it in the high gear because it just it had no had no ass. So load it carrying a van trailer. You pretty much, if you were gonna go on the interstate, you were not running over 74 mile an hour because that's what eighth gear topped out at. So you pretty much rode in eighth gear unless you get good flat level ground and you could throw it in the ninth gear. But that was very seldom. And at the time where we were going, because we were going into North Carolina, we were carrying tobacco uh, from Georgia, uh, Douglas, Hazelhurst, uh, different areas like that in Georgia to to uh, Wilson, North Carolina, up there to big tobacco people up there. And uh, enjoyed it. Loved the hell out of it. I loved doing that. I, I, I wish we could have kept doing it. Just money, you know, fuel went up because... Right up when we started, when we ended, 9-11 happened. So, that fuel went up, and it was just not feasible to do no more. We couldn't do it and make no money. Not not being gone all week, staying in the truck, you know, and all that. Couldn't make no, couldn't, couldn't make no money. And uh, so we we quit doing that. and uh, But we still hauled pine straw up that way so we still went in North Carolina but that was short-lived we've done that for I don't know four or five more years might not even have been five years and we've done that and uh, but it was the same way that was that never paid that good to begin with you know so we've done that I've I've hauled dump trailer most of my life. I've hauled dump trailer and I've hauled tanker. Uh, I've hauled frameless dump trailer and I've hauled frame dump trailer, what they call a Florida spec trailer, you know, short short bed, short frame trailer. And uh, hauled rock, hauled lime, hauled fertilizer. As far as dump trailer stuff goes, we've hauled corn, we've hauled uh, chicken shit. Uh, and different things like that in a dump trailer and so then we got when we started pulling tanker which was uh i guess it was oh five oh four oh five because i remember i was still driving the, the 88 kenworth when we just got started i was still driving that we hadn't been driving pulling tanker very long when when i got out of that truck but we uh we pulled a tanker and I've been pulling a tanker ever since. I, but I pulled other stuff in between. I pulled a low boy a little bit. Not nothing really exciting around the house hauling equipment. Father-in-law has um, hopper bottom. I pulled flatbed, van trailer, uh, uh, um, killer brews, tender trailers. What they call tender trailers is basically like a hopper bottom with an auger in the bottom of it that shoots out the back. To load uh, uh, fertilized spreader trucks. I've hauled those. Um, let me see. I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the end of, of the different style trailers. Um, but I've hauled feed. I've hauled fertilizer. I've hauled, you know, as far as hopper bottoms go. You know, speed, feed, feed, and fertilizer. So 
pretty much the two things I hauled in the hopper bottom. Some great, you know, grain, corn for four, four feed. Um, tanker, tanker stuff's always been fertilizer. I've never hauled nothing other than fertilizer. And everything I've hauled fertilizer-wise has been non-hazardous material. And a lot of people get this misconception that you pull in a tanker, you have to have hazmat. No, that's not true. It depends on what you haul. I don't haul gas. I don't haul nothing that's super corrosive. Yes, fertilizer is cor corrosive to a point. But if it got past that point, I would have to have a hazmat to haul it. But because of the point is at, I don't have to have hazmat. And a lot of people think that you have to have a hazmat to pull a tanker, and that's just not true. And, and, and I've tried to explain that to people, and they don't seem to get it. Some of these old-timers, they're kind of kind of lost so, sometimes when it comes to the different things and, uh, as far as that goes, you know. And some of these new guys, these new guys don't know nothing about tanker and hazmat and all that stuff. They're lost. They get shoved through these truck driving schools so fast that it's ridiculous. So anyhow, back to what I was, where I was at. Anyways, so we, I drove the 88 Kenworth to oh, 2005. My wife's grandmother passed away, and at the same, the same weekend she passed away, my brother-in-law, which he was driving an 88 Kenworth, and also his was white, mine was red. He had a cat, I had a Cummins, and and. The rear end went out in mine. Uh, the day, the Friday before, he got a DUI, so he couldn't drive. So I got his truck, and I drove it for I don't know a couple years, and then I got my truck, which was my truck. It was given to me. My father-in-law gave it to me. He said, uh, you know. If you don't stay around, pretty much there's no trucking company because there's nobody to, to, to take care of it. So I was, I was torn because I, I had I had put in to, to change. I was going to go to DOT school. I done got accepted. I done got through the first round. They accepted me. All I had to do was show up for the physical part, which at the time. I was physically fit. I, I could I could have done whatever I had to do. I could have ran, jumped, whatever, blah, blah, blah at the time. I wasn't overweight very much. I was a little overweight, but I wasn't crazy overweight. I think I weighed two, I think I weighed 225 or something like that at the time. So I wasn't crazy overweight. And uh, so I was accepted to DNT school. But then my father-in-law said, hey, you know, I'll give you this truck. You can keep it with the company or not. But if you if you leave, there's pretty much no truck company. Because your brother-in-law, you know, Tammy, he, he's not, he don't want no part of it. He don't want nothing to do with it now. So it's pretty much us. You know, pretty much you. If you, if you don't do it, then, you know, ain't nobody going to do it. So I said, okay, I'll leave it with the company. On the terms that if anything happens, company goes under or whatever may happen, and or if I just want to go do my own thing, that 
the truck comes to me. Okay, that was agreed on. You know, of course, you know, if you don't get nothing to write, nothing, nothing is 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 going to happen. So, anyhow, so got through that. I had the truck painted. I had it painted silver with blue fenders. Had 13-inch drop visor and airbrush painting on the door. You know the the, the name company name and DOT numbers and all that. It has seven-inch straight pipes and you know aluminum wheels, all that stuff. And it was a pretty truck, and everybody loved it. And uh, and I loved the hell out of that truck. Well, in 2009, I broke my leg. And not a couple months before the doctor released me, which we had already planned for me to just take it easy and all that, you know, to let it give more time to heal. Because I had already had, it just didn't seem long enough and it wasn't, it didn't feel right. And I knew there was something still wrong, but, I, you know, we had done a great day, you know, we just take it easy and, you know, give it some more time, time to heal because, you know, getting in in and out and on and off the top of these trucks and in and out the, the, the dump bed on them it, it can be kind of kind of hard so okay no problem well we need a driver and truck you know we had gotten by and, and kind of made do and we needed a driver somebody had quit so we needed a driver and i was like well i'll, I'll hire somebody to put in my truck i didn't want to but but this guy seemed like a nice guy seemed like a good dude and, and I hired him. I put him in my truck. He drove two weeks. He wrecked it, totaled it, <laughs> totaled it, and I, I got pictures of that. It's pretty nasty, nasty wreck. Um, guy walked away, concussion though. How he walked away, I, I still to this day I don't know, but probably because he was asleep. Come to find out, he had a problem with falling asleep while driving. I didn't know that. If I'd have known that, I'd never hired him. Um. So that. That happened to that truck. Well, the money, insurance money, bought another truck. There was just enough money to buy the, the next truck, which was a 96 uh, T600. Had a uh, 430 Detroit in it. Had the uh, aero cab sleeper on it, the 70-inch sleeper. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty nice truck. Yeah, it needed painting, but the motor had just been rebuilt not long before it got parked. Um, transmission was tight. It was a tight truck, so it, it was worth the eleven thousand dollars that I paid for it. So I finally got to where I could go back to work. Got to driving it. Drove it two years. Then my in-laws decided they were going to get a divorce, and um, and I said, "Well, I want the title to my truck." Uh, what do you mean? Father-in-law told me. What do you mean? I was like, well, it's my truck. I want the title to my truck. Y'all are getting a divorce. I, I, it's my truck. You give me the other truck. That money bought this truck. I want my title to my truck. Oh, oh, oh I, didn't, I didn't do that. So we went round and around and around about that. His friends and everybody else told him, hey, you give him that truck. Give him the title to his truck. Let him go. Let him do his thing. And he wouldn't do it. Oh, I didn't give him that. And to wind up being a nasty divorce on my end. And it wasn't even my divorce. And anyway, that's here nor there. So anyways, I wound up not 
no truck. Had to start over. I went to work for the company that I pull for now, driving their truck. At the time when I uh, everything went down, I was we were pulling for them. So I already knew them. It was easy and they needed a driver at the time. So I I, I went right to work and uh, so drove for them for a year and a half and I bought my first truck on my own and. Uh, it's a 98 Kenworth T600 had four at the time had 11 one Detroit in it but somebody the guy that had the truck the motor went out and he put an 11 one in it. I guess because he got it cheap you know whatever you know that's fine and dandy but it was not the right motor for the truck it was always underpowered and it it, it wouldn't hardly go and uh but got seven miles in a gallon and uh so you know that was that was fine and dandy and uh i i drove the truck for a little while and turbo went out and i went to order and going to order a turbo and uh they said well I said, is this the right turbo for this truck? And and I give him the number, and I told him what, what motor's in it. And I told him, and he's like, oh, no, that's the wrong turbo. That's for a 12.7. I was like, okay, um, well, what's the difference? And, you know, kind of told me and all that. I said, well, that's kind of what I figured that it, that was the case, you know. And I said, okay, well, order me the right turbo. I got the right turbo put on there, and my God, that made a world of difference. And uh, that truck came alive and went go. I'm pulling the DOT station now, trying to do this as I'm driving along. Uh, but I uh, put that turbo on there and made a world of difference. And drove it for a little while. And then uh, started using water. And... Uh, couldn't figure it out and I was like well the head's gonna have to come off of it and, you know probably ought to go ahead and rebuild it because I don't know how many miles is on it you know you know all this stuff I was like for what I could rebuild that motor I could buy another motor and put the right motor in it and hopefully get by for a few couple of years two three years you know try to find something with low miles so, so I could get that out of it and uh, so I bought a, bought a motor, and I said, "Hey, I want a I want a 500 Detroit. That's what was in here. I want a 12.7. They had a D deck for 12.7. It was a uh, it was a 500, but it was 4.30 on the foot and 5.30 or 500 on cruise, which was fine, no big deal, because you know it it, it it didn't lack no power. It was it was fine." Um, Actually, that motor there, it would outpull a 600 Cummins, uh, ISX Cummins, and and the only thing I did to to that motor, um, I turned the injectors up. And if anybody knows anything about Detroit, uh, you could go in there with a ProLink, and you can turn the injectors up. 
normally they're set low, <clears throat> low like like five, ten percent, and most everybody they turn them up to about seventy-five percent. Turn them up to hundred does no good. It doesn't change it. It doesn't make it no better than seventy-five. So everyone I've ever seen was done to seventy-five, and I done mine done mine that way. I put mine on seventy-five because that's what everybody told me to do. And that, oh my goodness, that made a world of difference. And that motor runs so smooth. Oh my goodness, that runs so smooth. And uh, and then that motor, I was coming back back from South Florida and spun a main bearing in it. And uh, and that was pretty much the end of that motor. That, that was toast. And I was so upset, you know, oh my goodness. And... and I got it, buddy of mine. He went down there and he got my trailer. He brought it home. Then me and him went back down there the next day and uh, with the wrecker boom and hooked to it and brought the truck to the house. And uh, and I pulled the pan off of it and looked at the bearings. I knew I knew it was you know it was toast. I don't want nothing I can do about it, but I wanted to look at it anyways. And uh, I went ahead and pulled the pan off of it, looked at it. Sure enough, it was spun main bearings, and uh, I thought, well, that, you know, whatever it is, what it is, ain't nothing I can do about it now. And uh, so I went, got another motor, same place I got that motor from, and uh, yeah, I had pretty good luck with these people in the past. You know, when I was with my father-in-law and all that, they, you know were pretty good and I got another motor you know I uh, put that motor in oh excuse me huh. and wouldn't wouldn't run right skip the cut up the smoke and carried on and um, I was like what in the world is with this with this thing and I put this pro link on there and it didn't really tell me nothing. Did an engine uh, injector cut out, and it was showing several different cylinders. You know, had a problem, and uh, I was like, okay. So I called called them up, told them what it's doing. They said, well, get it to us. And I was like, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Do I need to run this thing, drive it up there, or, or, or how's this going to work? And he said, well, we can come get it, but it's such and such money. I said, well, I'll just drive it to you. If it breaks breaks down, then we'll cross that bridge. When I get to it, and uh, he said, "Okay." So I, next day, I jumped in the truck, and I carried it up there, and uh, smoked and carried on. I skipped all the way up there, and I got it to him, and they uh, worked on that thing for two weeks, trying to get the head off of it. Why they after? after Thing is, they broke one head bolt. They should have quit right there and just went on and pulled the motor out, put another motor in. But no, they they him hauled around there for a little while, and then they said, "Well, we got to pull the head off it. Injector couplings are bad." I was like, "Okay." And then they then they broke head bolts trying to get it out. A week later, they finally said, "Well, we're just gonna put another motor in." We done broke how however many head bolts trying to get the head off of it. And I was like, you know, you should have done that to begin with. If you broke head bolt number one, you should have never worried with the rest of them. 
but whatever, you know, I'm, I'm just a damn truck driver. I, you know, I don't know nothing about all this stuff. I said, whatever, you know, fix my damn truck. And, uh, so they put another motor in it and got it back and it, it run okay. You know, I was never really happy with that motor and, uh, and drove it a week. <laughs> drove it a week after I finally got it back after a month or two months of them having the dang truck. It took them two months to figure out that truck and put a motor in it. And I, I was so pissed. I, I, I was out of, you know, I, I was out of money. You know, I was having to borrow money and all that to to get by. And it was, it, that was just, you know, uncalled for. But anyways, I got truck a week. And I was making my last, my last day. And uh, it went to using oil like crazy. It used a gallon of oil in about 100 miles. So that, I was like, nah, this this ain't going to work. And I called them and told them what it's doing. Oh, bring it to us and we'll figure it out. We'll fix it. Okay. And I carried it to them Friday afternoon. Of course, it, they couldn't do nothing until Monday. They kind of glanced at it. Well, we think it may be the air compressor. I was like, well, I doubt it, but whatever. You know, fix it. And, uh. Called them Monday afternoon, and they like, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to have to rebuild your motor. You know, it, it, it it's not the air compressor. I said, well, I kind of figured that, but okay, whatever. And uh, so they rebuilt the motor. Got it back, drove it. Did all right. It did okay. And then I got just out of warranty and lost oil pressure. And. When I lost oil pressure, I was like, oh, what in the world? And, you know, and I pulled over and uh, let it sit a while and oil pressure come back up. And I was like, oh, man, this is just great. So, again, got everything pulled back to the house. Got it. You know, I didn't want to drive it because I didn't know what it was going to do. You know, if it was fixable or what. You know, oil pump bad or going out or something like that. So, so I got it back home, pulled the mains off of it. Sure enough, the bearings were gone. It didn't spend a main bearing yet, but the bearings were gone, and it got so bad that it, it messed up the crank. At least the one main that I pulled off was tore up. So I just left it. I said, well, now what? Do I go get another motor, or do I get another truck? Because, you know, this is be motor number three now. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, what what do I do? So I, was, I found this truck that I'm driving now, 07 International, 9400i, C15 Cat, you know, it's got the excerpt motors, it's got the twin turbos on it, and 10 speed, you know. Yeah, it's not the super best truck in the world, but it, it gets by. It, it, it's not bad. And, and, and road rides better than I thought it would. Believe it or not, because I always love my Kenworth. I love the way they ride, the way they feel going down the road, and so, so I got this truck, and then uh, I parked that truck. I said, "Well, I'll get back to you. I want, you know, want my Kenworth back." And uh, I said, "Well, I'll get back to you. I'll get get this truck, get it paid for, and." and you know, then I'll, I'll, I'll fix fix you, and, and, and we'll go we'll go back to working. You know, driving that truck. So 
needless to say, you know, a year, almost a year later, um, motor in this truck and this international had to be rebuilt. And at the time, Irma was coming. So I was stuck. I couldn't. The people I worked for, they they, they pretty good about loaning me the money to, to fix my truck. You know, if I, something happens, you know, and they just take it out my check. You know, no big deal. A little interest, you know, which, which is pretty cool. Not not everybody would do that. So that, that's pretty cool. And uh, so, so I... Uh, Borrowed the money. Finally, after Irma comes through, he said, "Well, talk, call me after the hurricane comes through." And uh, I said, "Okay, you know, whatever. I, I, I kind of need to know something. I can get parts ordered, but whatever." Um, so I called him. Yeah, ain't no problem. Uh, go pick up the check, you know. And I said, "Okay, all right, cool." So, <coughs> so I got the money, got the motor all tore apart, got the head carried it to Jacksonville to diesel place over there those head uh, heads machine shop and uh, they checked the head out and said well that's cracked I was like oh great that, that's it great so that's $3,200 for another head brand new cast but they use, what what I didn't quite understand what I didn't I don't really like they use your valves and your valve springs and all that but there's no core on the head so you get to keep your head what's it's a boat anchor, really. I mean, it, it ain't nothing. It's no good. It's cracked. So, whatever. I got my head. I, I got it. Got it all back together. And, and run real good. And then about two weeks, and then the turbo tore up. So, I had to put a turbo on. I was like, ah, crap. Is this ever going to end? And got a turbo. Found a cheap one out of California. And it's cheap for a reason. And... But we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, and then an injector went out a month or two later. You know, it was just con constant. You know, just this and that, little little things. And so I got through that, got through the turbo, got through the injector, drove drove fine. I had no more problem with it till oh my goodness. Uh, I guess it was September, August, September, first of September. Turbo went out, and uh, I was like, "Oh, what the hell, man! This turbo ain't that old. It ain't even a year old yet." And and I uh, I said, "Okay, whatever." I called them and I said, "Well, send it to us, and we'll check it. And if it's you know something, whatever, mechanical failure, whatever, we'll replace it. We'll fix it. Whatever." I was like, okay, but I, I can't wait two weeks for it to go to California and for them to figure it out and then come back. That, that's not going to work. And uh, so had it worked out, I bought a turbo, and he's like, well, I'll buy, buy a turbo, and then if this one is bad, we'll just refund you your money. You know, no harm, no foul. I was like, okay. And, of course, you know, get it to them, oh, it, it, it's, uh, it overheated. I said, why is it over, why did it overheat? They couldn't tell me why it overheated. Of course not. I said, you know, it's always had oil. oil never lost, I've never lost oil pressure. The motor's never, never run hot on me. You know, why? Couldn't tell me. I was like, okay, whatever. You know, 
but we can fix it for $300. I say, no. I was like, I, uh, you know, it's under warranty. Y'all fix it. You know, I didn't make it run hot. I don't know what you're talking about. They wouldn't do it, you know, so whatever. I, so I had to eat that turbo. You know, fast forward to here a couple of months ago, or a month ago, and damn... Or, yeah, a few months ago, I guess, I started losing water. Couldn't figure out where it's going. I'd done all the tests, all the tests I could do to try to figure out where water was going. Pressure test, I did the combustion leak test, where it checks for O2 in the radiator and all that. And it showed O2 in the radiator, which which is exhaust fumes. Um, so... I said, like, well, crap, the head's got to come off of it. That's just great. So, <coughs> pulled the head off of it, carried it to Jacksonville. They checked it. Oh, everything's good. Jet one injector cup's bad. So, we went ahead and put all the new injector cups in it. Lolly dog, bought an engine kit, new plate, spacer plate, and put it all back together. Pulled one load, still losing water, but then found water in the oil. I was like, oh, crap. I, I, and I, I was like, well, is it a liner? I checked the liners. I looked at them, inspected them. I run the pistons up and down the cylinders and looking to make sure, you know, it was not down lower that I couldn't see. And uh, anyway, I had put the head back on and all that and, and water and oil now. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, done. done done all that i was like, well crap it's got to come back for it i gotta rebuild it I, I guess i guess there's something i missed you know in the cylinder and you know started second guessing myself you know kind of depressed and upset about it you know you know I, I i don't have no more money to to do this i have just enough to buy an engine kit pistonless kit you know and get by because i done put i done spent twenty five hundred dollars on it so you know, I was out of money. I was, you know, at that end. And, uh, talked to a buddy of mine, Janet. And, uh, he's like, you sure it ain't a water pump? I said, well, there's, it, it, my thing is, it was losing water. It was losing a gallon and a half of water every 110 miles. I was putting a hundred, I putting a gallon and a half in it, because that's how far I was going to where I was unloading that was 110 miles so so i knew what i was losing in that that mileage so i like i was like so if i was losing that much water it couldn't be the water pump because there's nothing on the outside the motor there's water inside the motor but it's not full of water it'd be it would be you know coming out the top of the motor with that much water you know and uh, he said, well, pull the pan off of it, pressure test it, pressure it up, and spin the motor. Um, let it sit a little while, put cardboard on it, let it sit a while, and see if any water comes out. If no water comes out, spin the motor. You know, turn turn the motor by hand and then let it sit again. You know, it may be, piston may be blocking it, you know, keeping it from coming out. That's okay, that makes sense. You know, I'll try that. And uh, 
I done that. I didn't even have to. I pulled the pan off it. I didn't even have to spin it over. I just pumped it up. And before I could even spin it over, I found the water, and it was a water pump. And I guess evidently what was happening is a shaft was moving back in two. And so going down the road, water would come out the weep hole, and then when you stop, you know, it was very little. So when you stop, there was no water on the side of the motor or on the ground. So I was like, well, okay. I hope that's it. You know, I, I'm I'm confident. I'm pretty confident that it is. Throwed the water pump on there. Got it back. Ain't had no problem with it since. Had an injector go out. I put an injector in. And that's where we're at today. And uh, running good. Running pretty good. And uh, so I still pull a tanker. Pull fertilizer every day. Um, this time of year, I'm pulling three loads a day. You know, they're just wearing me out. But, you know, it's typical this time of year. It's to be expected. So I, I look forward to it every year. This this time of year is where I make my most money. I make... I I, I make real good money. I'm, I'm not going to tell you how much I make. Cause that's just... I can't do that. I, I make... I, I make a hell of a lot more this time. I'll say... I'll tell you this. I, I make probably a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars more this time of year sometimes more than in the fall or winter because it's fertilizer time it, you know, everybody's planting everybody's got things growing so it, it's time to go and uh so so yeah i mean that that's where i'm at and then uh over the years they they've that, that that's that's me that that's where I, how I've got to where I am and, and without my wife you know knowing knowing the paperwork side of trucking and tag and all that stuff I, I don't know where I would be if I would even be where I'm at because she she handled all that stuff the pay, the billing and the going to Tallahassee to get the tag and if the stickers and insurance, all that stuff. She handled all that. <coughs> so, so that, that's that. And, and over the years, uh, they, 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 I want to go into a little bit of the logbook stuff and whatnot. Um, they, they've, over the years, let me check my time, see where Okay, well, that's 38 minutes. I'll let it run a little longer. Uh, it being the first one. But, um, logbook stuff. So, when I first started out trucking, the logbooks was totally different. You could, uh, you could go, you had to take 10 hours off. Or was it eight hours? Because they changed it not long after I started driving. So I'm trying to remember what it was. It's been 20 years. So. But anyway, I, th I think it was I think it was eight. But it may have been ten. But you had to take, you know, you had, you had to take your break. But you, you could split it up. You didn't have to take it in, you know, ten consecutive hours. You could break it up. You could do five hours off duty. And then work a couple hours or whatever and then do 
five off duty or, or two off duty, you know, you know, whatever, whatever it was, as long as you got your ten, your, your however many hour break in. And, uh, then they went to where you had to do a ten hour break, consecutive, ten consecutive hour break. And you couldn't drive no more than 12, uh, 11 hours and total hours for the day, 14 hours. So, so if you sit in somewhere on duty for 12 hours, you're only allowed one hour driving time or 12 or, or two hour driving time. It, it's kind of screwed up the way they have it. Um, you know, but I mean, I understand why. But if you're sitting there for 12 hours twiddling your thumbs, you know, you should be able to jump in that truck and go drive for, for 10 hours. I'm sorry. You know, it, it, all these other people, these other professions are not regulated like that. You know, a, a, a doctor can go work two shifts at the hospital, you know, three shifts at a hospital and... and Drive home in this damn BMW all day, every day, seven days a week. You know, he he can do it, or she can do it, but truck driver can't do that. You know, it's, which is wrong. You know, uh, you know, and, and and officer, you know, police officer, they they can they can work double shifts. You know, and they carry a freaking gun. You know, and it's not right. You know, we should be, we're, we're all grown out here. You know, we, you know, I know when I need to sleep and you know when you need to sleep. Everybody knows when they need to sleep, when they need to take a break. And a lot of people, they can't go stop somewhere and sleep more than, than four or five hours, you know, they just, they can't do it. They, they, they'll sit there and toss and turn and, and do nothing for a few hours till their time catches up so they can go, you know. And, you know, if you can't sleep, you can't sleep. I've done it. I've done it several, uh, I don't know how many times. You know, you pull up somewhere and, hey, I want, you know, it's time for a 10-hour break. And you go get a shower and come back to the truck, watch TV, and just, you know, can't get sleepy. Can't get tired. Finally pass out, you know, and then you sleep a couple hours. And then, hell, you still got another hour or two to go, you know. And then, then what do you do, you know? And then you're up, you're wide awake, you can't go back to sleep. You know, you got to go. You can't just sit there because you can't sleep. You know, so your time, you, you do your 10 hours and you get in, a, you know, you get in the seat and you go. You know, you get to where you got to go. <coughs> so they, they really need to do something with this, with this uh, time. I don't, you know, ELD was not the answer. It never was the answer. It was just somebody somewheres wanted to make some money. You know, any anything that this government 
does anything is is about money it's never about the people it never has been never will be about the people you know I, 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 I very seriously doubt there will ever be somebody in office that is more worried about the people than the money you know I, I, I really truly believe that you know some kind of way shape or form is tied to money and that there are so many people out there that's blind by that and, and, and you know it just is what it is but back to, back to trucking I ain't worried about dang government politician the politics I, I, this never be a politics show but some some of the politics has to lie into trucking so most unfortunately have to dab into that a little bit but back to what I was saying okay so so the, the end all be all is not ELD um, I, I think I think they should be they should extend the hours you know that we're shortage there's a shortage on truck drivers because they that they're not making no money trucking trucking is not as glamorous as as it used to be you know and, and there's some some bad stink that goes along with trucking most unfortunately because of, of some bad people you know bad people <laughs> you know and sometimes, you know, accidents are accident. You know, nobody goes out there purposely trying to damn that I know of. Purposely goes out there and wants to damn run over a bunch of cars. You know, nobody. No, I don't think nobody out there wants to do that. Yeah, there's some crazy people out there, but they're crazy for a reason. But most, I'll say, 99. Point nine 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 percent of the people, truck drivers, do not want to go riding down the road and kill a bunch of people. You know, people. Most of the time, most most of the time, pretty much all the time, is oh, another person's fault, another car's fault. There. I don't know how many times in the past week I've had somebody pull out in front of me, not use their blinker. You know, it's constant. It never stops. People, people, people don't care. Oh, my car, my car's fast enough. It can get out there in front of, in front of that big truck. Well, you don't know how fast that big truck's going. That big truck. Yeah, they're big and they take off slow, but I tell you right now, all these most all these owner operators that have trucks, their trucks will run 100 mile an hour easy. Mine will run over 100 mile an hour. I've had it to 100, and I had more to go, and I let off of it. When I first bought this truck, I was bobtail, you know, and I was on the back road where there was nobody around. Yeah, I had it to 100, and then backed off of it. I ain't had it back to a hundred, and uh, so most of all these trucks will run that fast. 
And they run that fast for a reason. Because, uh, anybody knows anything about trucks is you, you want it to go fast, but you want your, when you're in high gear at your normal running speed, say 70 mile an hour, you want your RPMs low. So it runs cooler. It runs, it, it's, it's in its power band, power band, so you can mash on it to go or whatnot and, and have more power. Because optimal on most diesel engines, big truck engines, is 1500 is, is where you really get start to get your power. Your turbo spooled up, you know, you're running optimal. So, so, and at 1500, you know, your truck runs 70, 71, you know, you know, give or take on your gears, your tire size, and whatnot. So, so that's why they can run that fast. But a lot of these companies, if you buy a company truck, they don't run that fast. So they put high gear, and they and they put it where it, it speeds out, tops out at you know, 70 mile an hour. So it stays right there at that 1500. You have, you have no more. But they can, all, they can do all that in a computer. They can change it. They can change it faster, slower, blah, 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 whatever. You know. So, so you want, so with, with that speed, say you're on a 70 mile an hour, you know, your 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 time to get somewhere takes longer. You know, the faster you go, the quicker you get there. Well, you know, right? So most of all these company drivers trucks run seventy or sixty four, sixty five mile an hour. So they don't have enough time with the ELD. Or with the time, with hours of service, to get to where they got to go. And with ELD, you can't you can't run over. It. I mean, you can, but not legally, because it's computer log. So DOT can ride. My knowledge, they can ride by, and get your log off of your truck and you never stop. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what somebody had told me. So I, I have to check on that and get back. But if that's true, there's no way to cheat it. There's no way to cheat it. Yeah, there's personal conveyance, uh, stuff like that, but that's personal conveyance. You can't you can't haul load somewhere on personal commands. They will not. That, that's against the rule. You know. Yeah, if it's a couple miles down the road, you might get by with it. You know, because you can't just stop anywhere. You can't just pull over on the side of the interstate. Hey, I'm just going to take my ten hours. No, it don't work that way. And, and truck parking is so limited. 
you can't just park anywhere. Um, so many of these Walmarts, you know, you pull in there, you know, you think it's a safe place to park for the night, you know. You'll be out of there before it gets busy, right? No. They got some Yahoo that'll come along and boot your truck and, and charge you $500 so you can drive out of, out of the damn Walmart with your truck. You know, and it, and it shouldn't be like that. They, they, they shouldn't shouldn't be shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's private property, but you know that that they just somebody has figured out a way to get money out of somebody, and most unfortunately, it's truck drivers because they don't do that. The damn RVs that pull up in there and sit all night long, campers and you know travel trailers and all that. And you can park your car there all night long and, and, and leave it and go jump in somebody else's car and drive off and they don't do nothing to your car. So, with limited truck parking, things, things has got has gotten so difficult for trucks. You know, and, and and all these wrecks that has happened lately ha has put a bad taste in people's mouths about trucks. And it has. And, and and then you get people like guy in uh, uh, or Arizona or Texas. You know, had a big old fancy Peterbilt. He had just bought that, had it painted all up and all that. Had the reefer trailer. And pretty Peterbilt. And you know, was human trafficking, was was trafficking people. And, uh, you know, that puts a nasty bad stink in people's mouth. And, and uh, you know, these bad wrecks that, that, that kill a bunch of people, you know, people, people don't like trucks. So, all these places where you could park a truck, they don't want you parking there no more. They don't want you parking there no more. They don't. They and if you do park there, it's a crazy, outrageous damn ticket. You know, and it's just crazy. It's crazy how how bad it has got. And people forget that without these trucks. They wouldn't have the things they have. They wouldn't have clothes. They wouldn't have food. They wouldn't have their car. They wouldn't have their gas. They wouldn't have their home. They wouldn't even have their home. Because it takes a truck to get the logs from the woods to the wood mill to get chopped up in boards. Then it takes another truck to get it from the wood mill to the store, Lowe's, or Home Depot, or wherever, for somebody to go in there and buy it. And then if you get the home built, some dude in his pickup don't go up there and get the wood. No, they carry it out there on a dang truck, on a semi from Lowe's. They carry it to your place where you're having your home built. You know, pe people just, they, they don't, they don't think. They don't realize, you know, what what we have to go through 
to get, to make sure that they have their stuff. And and I hate it. I hate where trucking has has came to as far as the the negativity and, and, and stuff and, it, and it's gotten so bad to where truck drivers are killing truck drivers now over the stupidest stuff there was a guy here a few years ago coming out of Jacksonville I think he got cut off or something something happened and the guy in the other semi just pulled out a damn gun and shot the guy while they were driving down the road and drove off Keep on going. You know, crazy stuff like that. There's no need in it. You know? You know, and then there's others like, you know, little argument at the damn truck stop, and, and guy goes out there and gets his gun, comes back and shoots the guy. You know, it happens all the time. It's crazy. You know, that... that it makes people not want to be truck drivers. And it makes the people that are truck drivers want to quit. And it's got to stop. It really does. And, and, and maybe one day, maybe one day it'll stop. You know, just like maybe one day the different, all the different countries will quit fighting and bickering and arguing. And, and, and Democrats and Republicans will quit arguing and fighting. And, uh, you know, and the Mom and dads quit fighting and arguing. This and that quit fighting and arguing. You know, it, it, it's got to stop. You know, this country runs so much smoother, this world would, without the bickering. Truck drivers and, and, and people, you know, need to come together and let's, let's make this thing happen. You know, make, make the best of it, you know. We only have one life, you know. Make it, make it your best one. You know, love one another. You know, and, and quit the fighting and bickering. And, and us truck drivers, you know, we need to stop bickering with one another. I, you know, see it all. We see it all the time. You know, driving down the road and and. This one will cuss at that one. Next thing you know, they want to pull over on the side of the road and fight, which they never do. I've never seen one of them pull over on the side of the road on the interstate and fight. It's all, all, most of it's all talk. But those ones that ain't all talk, you know, that's usually nasty. They usually wind up shooting each other or hitting each other with a bat. You know, I have a friend of mine, his wife has a, had a, a cousin or uncle that was a truck driver and he was in Mississippi and uh he was walking from a truck stop back to his truck somebody clocked him over the back of the head with a baseball bat and killed him you know why I don't know I don't know if they wanted his money or what I can't remember what they did if they took anything or just killed him just to kill him you know I, who knows he might have been a bad dude and they, he deserved it who knows I, I don't I don't know but it's gotta stop and maybe one day it will. You know, I wish the government would would butt out of the trucking a little bit more. You know, let let us let us 
do our thing. Let us be grown-ups, man. You know, we don't need babysitters. You know, we, we ain't two no more. We don't need a babysitter. You know, we need 